It's 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 you talk, baby. It's you talk, baby. You talk family, what go on, what go on? It's your boy D with another live show of you talk. And this is the special edition of you talk winning at the game of life. But we still start off the same way like we do everything else. It ain't no me. Without you, baby, what's going on, family? You talk family, what's going on, man? What's going on? Let me give a shout out, man. The first shout out of the night. Y'all know it go to my boy. My boy, the super producer himself, the man him fell, Mr. King Judge. Gun, 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 gun. Kiss the dog. KJ Production in your King Judge, what's going on, man? Shout out to my boy King Judge, man. Mr. KJ Production is in the building. And let me get some shout out to the businesses, man. Y'all know how we do it, man. Shout out to Melvin Braddon over at MB5 Sports Agency and Zenith Developers Group. Shout out to Melvin Braddon. Shout out to Tanya and Teddy Chisholm over at Catan's Fashions. What's going on, Tanya and Teddy? Shout out to Matt Holler over at Plum Life. Shout out to Chris Flanagan over at Avalon. Shout out to Shadika Pendergrass over at Herb Velocity. Shout out to Jacinta Kirkland over at Sugar Coated Cupcakes and Sweets LLC. And shout out to my big dog, Bobby Sarah, down there in Miami, Florida, over at Mentor Me, man. And actually, Bobby gave me the idea to do this, man. This was his idea to start doing You Talk Winning at the Game of Life. So shout out to my boy, man, Bobby Sarah, man. Salute to you, big dog. Love you to death, boy. Thank you for giving me the idea to do that, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And shout out to my homeboy, Leroy Venn, over at Smile Studio Orthodontics. And shout out to Wiley over at Unique Stitches, LLC. And shout out to Marquez Williams over at Pop Socks. Cool and crazy, wacky, wacky socks off the wall over at PopSocks.com. Shout out to Marquez Williams. What's going on? So, without any further ado, I'm about to bring my special guest in the building. She is from California. My girl, Miss Ebony Curtin. What's going on, sweetness? What? What's going on? E, what's up with you, baby? What it do? You on YouTube, baby? What is it? What it is? What's good, Devin? And look, shout out to Utah. Y'all holding it down. Y'all got me all the way in sunny SoCal. Amped up for y'all. Y'all are holding it down. Um, it is not only a privilege and an honor to be able to be on this platform, but y'all look, we about to have some fun on today. You know, um, kind of just give you a little feedback about myself, if that's all right. Um, so my name is Ebony Curtin. I am a credit and finance coach, you guys. All that simply means is I'm helping people get their best life. You know, that's just simply put. Um, I have a background in government contracting. I did that for over 10 years, helping the government with their bidding processes for their contracts. And, you know, I have over 20 years of being a um, personal trainer, fitness trainer, um, master trainer, you guys, 20 plus years of, of coaching sports, 20 plus years of being an athlete myself. And so, look, this environment is is no newbie to me. So the sports talk show ready show, I'm already amped up for that. You know, we trash talk all day. Hey, y'all, so, she's a San Francisco 49ers fan, too, y'all. Look, 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 bang, bang, 
Saturday, and y'all stand up. <laughs> we two and out, baby. So, <laughs> you guys, I'm just excited. You know, real talk, bringing you know why um, why are we in the situation we're in. You know, so many of us are just misinformed completely when it comes to credit and finances. And so, I'm on a movement, you guys. I'm amped up to get my brown and black communities look just get us right. You know, allow us to be able to get the playbook so we can play this game called life. You know, so many of us have been been losing. We've been on the bench, y'all. Okay, we didn't know we had a play, but we was on the bench. And so it's time for us to get in the game. It's time for us to thrive instead of just surviving, y'all. So that's what I'm just excited to be able to share. You know, just how do we do that? You know, why are we in the situation that we're in? And more importantly, how do we get out of it? What is the solution? And so, look, I'm gonna hurt some of y'all feelings today, but that's all right. I'm gonna love on you all throughout the process. So it's for your betterment. Believe you me, it's for your betterment. Most definitely. So let's get into it. Let's get into it, man. My first question to you is, tell us why is credit so important? Oh, my God. A lot of people, lot of people they, they, they take it for granted. Why, why is it so important, Ms. Katara? Talk to us. So look, we're in America. You know, America has been founded on the borrowing system, you know, since the beginning of time. So to be honest with you, you know, this this whole lending borrowing concept, we started back in the 1700s, you guys. And it's very unfortunate. But as a country, you guys, we haven't been debt free since President Andrew Jackson. That was with 1835. And so, you know, as a country, we we have been misinformed on how to handle finances and budgeting. So what has happened? We have now just moved from that borrowing system to where now is credit. You know, and a lot of us say that cash is king. But guess what? Credit is power. And so those three little numbers can make or break whatever it is you do, you guys. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're trying to get an apartment, you're trying to get a house, a car. Look, McDonald's runs your credit, okay? They get a job to, 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 you know, to work the fry machine. They run your credit. And so why is it important? Because literally you can't do anything in our country without them scores and without them scores telling a story. And so all they're doing is paint a picture of, you know, what's our habits? You know, how are we how are we conducting ourselves in this whole lending borrowing system? And quite honestly, you know, as a country, we what it just hit in March of this year, two hundred and eighty seven trillion dollars in debt, y'all. 28,000, I mean, 28 trillion dollars in debt. So what that tells us is we're doing something wrong. <laughs> All right. We're borrowing more than what we paying back. But here's the thing. The only way that we can kind of get ourselves together, you guys, is those three numbers. And so you got financial institutes now trying to have more control over us by saying how you can get approved. And that's based off of what those three little numbers tell you about yourself. And so it's, it's important. You know, you can't, you know, it's a difference of you having a bucket and you spend it, you know, sixty thousand for it, or you being able to drive off the, you know, the lot with that Benz, and you know, still up the same amount, y'all. It's based off of your credit score, so it's for everything, hands down. Most definitely. My next question would be, you know, a lot of people say, man, you know, you hear a lot of people, you know, credit. I can do this for your credit. I can do that. Does credit repair actually work, Miss Carton? Oh, Debbie, you talking about that? What's that called? The homeboy hookup. I'm just, you know. <laughs> You know how I go. <laughs> Look, we, we, we got a cousin who said, man, Devin, I got a homeboy who can hold you down. He going to hook you up. You know what I'm saying? You know how that is, right. He him $5,000. He got you. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. 
Money <laughs> going on Teddy still jacked up after the fight, you know? <laughs> look, and look, after, after he gave that 5,000, I mean, with ghosts. The homeboy is gone, y'all. The homeboy is right. gone. Right. But not right. for me of us, that's been the credit restoration process that we knew. You know, it's, it's, I'm going to go find somebody who I can drop, you know, a nice little change on them, and they're going to give me some trade lines. Now, I'm going to tell you, look, since we talking, we talking real, like I said, I'm going to hurt some, fathers, some people's feelings. Trade lines in that matter are illegal, y'all. Not only is it illegal, but what's going to happen is pretty much you got 90 days. You got 90 days to, to make that purchase on the house, 90 days to try to get that business line of credit, 90 days. And what happens after the 90 days? That social security number they created for you is gone. Them trade lines that you had are gone. And guess what are you left with? That same raggedy 400 credit score that's not allowing you to be able to get anything. You can't even be a co-signer. You know, to be honest. And so it's, it's the real credit restoration process This understanding that as consumers, we have laws. And those laws are put in place to protect us from lenders, from bullies like collection agencies. You know, that's causing us to be in this vicious cycle of bad credit and lying to you saying that that's about to stay on your credit report for seven years. Now, I'm going to just be real with y'all. We're going we're gonna to talk some you know, real numbers here. There is no law that says a derogatory item has to be on your credit for seven years. Not only is there no law that says that, but here's the thing. There is nobody in Equifax, TransUnion, or Experian in a department waiting for seven years to say, man, Devin, you, you didn't graduate it. I'm going to drop that off for you. No. Those negative items are still in your credit report, you guys. All they do is fall dormant. And so what does that mean? If someone does a soft pull, like they're trying to find out if you pre-qualify for a credit card, they won't see it there. But let you try to go to Navy Federal and apply for a $25,000 credit card, trust and believe they're going to pull seven years and then some and say, boo, why did you come? You, you can't get approved for this. So even in seven years, you still have to go the same process of disputing for those not gonna negative items to be off. So my question is, if you had an opportunity, say, for instance, you, you, you know, defaulted, pandemic hit everybody. Say, for instance, you default on your, your particular account and the first party say, you know what, I'm going to get my money. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to sell your account to a third party. So I got to, you know, they buy them pennies on the dollars, collection agency buys accounts, pennies on the dollars. But what I'm going to do is write the rest of it off on my taxes. Your debt has been paid off. All right. You owe nothing. By law, you owe nothing. Here's the thing. That derogatory account now is going to be on your credit report as a collection. Right. The collection agency now bought that account. All right. They did not buy that account for which they, you know, what they uh, purchased it from the first party for them. So that's why a collection agency can do settlements. All right, y'all, because they don't know how much you owe in the first place. They didn't buy it for that. But what's going to happen is they're going to buy that third party account. They're coming to you looking for you to pay their commission. That's all you're doing is paying for somebody's commission to run that particular account. But what happens is when we go into an agreement with a collection agency, they can sell that account now to somebody else after they received your money. So you didn't pay your little settlement amount. So you, you worried about it being on your credit report. You got the original default account hurting you. You got that first collection account hurting you. But here's the thing, y'all. A lot of us don't realize this. Every six months, there's what's called a bidding war. All right. That collection account can be resold in that bidding war for whoever else in the collection industry now wants to purchase it. You guys. So now we got those duplicate negative accounts reporting. So let me ask you something. Would you rather go through that process or you say, you know what? I ain't got it. You know, pandemic hit. I lost some hours. I ain't, I'm not making what I was making. You no know, medical bills, whatever the case may be. I just don't have it. That account goes defaulted. It happens. Life happens, you guys. But here's the thing. 
As soon as that account gets reported to the credit bureaus as a derogatory account, you come see me. Why? Because now I'm going to dispute that per the law. There is a 1971 Fair Credit Act consumer law that states when an account becomes derogatory, erroneous or obsolete in its reporting, that by that law, you are not required to pay for that debt. But by law, the credit bureaus are able to remove it because you never gave the authorization or the permission for that first party entity to have a derogatory comment on your credit report. All right. You did not authorize that. So if you did not authorize it by law, they have to remove that derogatory comment, you guys. So guess what? You didn't pay the first party. You saved your money. Hopefully you applied it somewhere that needed to be applied. You didn't pay the collection agency and you got the negative account off your credit report. And I just helped your score increase about 60 plus points, y'all. It makes sense. You know, you know, let me ask you, would you rather me do that the day after it got reported to the credit bureaus or would you wait seven years? Would you wait seven years? Now, I got to ask, because there's some people out there who's just like, Ebony, I refuse to believe what you're saying. My mama told me all my life, <laughs> you know, I had to wait seven years. Right. I mean, but that's what that's what we know. And that's what we got you on, because we wanted you to explain to us how it really goes. Definitely. So, look, y'all don't have to wait seven years to dispute it. As soon as a negative item is reported, to, you don't have to wait for it to be reported to all credit bureaus. It can report it to TransUnion. You know, report transunion. We can go ahead and dispute it. Two days later, it can be Equifax. Okay, as soon as, as soon as it's reported, you are able to dispute to get that negative item off removed then. But here's the thing. A lot of people feel, well, if it's a negative item, she probably just talking about, you know, I didn't pay my cell phone bill. No. The law is derogatory accounts. So I don't care if it's back child support, y'all. I got child support in rears. Guess what? It's a consumer law, all right, that protects you, okay? If it's a foreclosure, if it's a voluntary repossession, or if it's an involuntary repossession, if it's an eviction, you guys, student loans, man, Marquise, look, come on, brother. Marquise says student loans. I'm going to tell you, majority of my people be mad about that. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I just got to address this because I'm passionate about it, y'all. So I actually felt like everybody thought like I did, where... I went to school for too many years, y'all. I got degrees, search, and all this mess. I ain't in name one of them fields right now. So I felt like, since y'all not paying me, <laughs> and I feel I'm not paying y'all, all right? So I had $72,000 in student loan debt that I just absolutely positively refused to pay. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. Y'all not giving me $72,000 in my income. So <laughs> them bad boys, they went to default. It happened. You know, it is what it is. But where they made the mistake was, when they decided to default on those loans, y'all, I was protected by the consumer law. I'm going to tell you, within 100, well, no, 45 days, I had $62,000 of student loan debt removed of my credit report. Why? Because it still falls underneath that consumer law. All right, you guys. So now the dollar amount, again, because we're talking about how is it going to benefit your credit report. So the dollar amount is what was removed. My student loans are still visible in my credit report, but it does not show that I owe that outlandish amount of money. All right, you guys. So you do have that option to still get that derogatory number off of your credit report. Now, you have in some cases where they're like, well, look, I want to get paid something. Y'all should have did that before you sold the account. All right. That was y'all bad. So now what happens for people who say, man, Ebony, my, my, my student loans is in deferment. How can I, how can you help me? So there's options even with that, you guys. You know, a lot of people, 
um, um, think negative about the, the student loan pro programs or, you know, um, loan forgiveness programs. Look, if you aren't making between 50000 or more a year, you're still eligible to look at a loan forgiveness program. And so I do this with my customers all the time because here's the thing. Majority of people who have even gone to college have these degrees might not be making fifty, sixty thousand dollars a yet a year yet. All right. So the same concept is now in the student loan pro program or a loan forgiveness program. It's pretty much um, a financial hardship type of repayment program. But they have options between a five year, a 10 year, 15 year, 20 year where you saying every month, I ain't got it. I ain't going to pay. Okay, we got you. Don't worry about it. No interest is going to be accrued. Every single year, you're going to re-up on that. Depending on what you're eligible for, say, for instance, if it's 10 years, you're going to do that for 10 years. When your 10th year hits, your student loans are forgiven in totality. All right, you guys? So there's still options out there. But let me tell you, so Devin, I had a customer. I'm thinking everybody felt like I did. And he said, how dare you think you shouldn't have to pay those? I'm paying my debt. Absolutely, you go ahead and do that. It ain't for everybody. <laughs> right, right, exactly. You told it right, right. For those of you, hell, ain't making the six figures you was promised for that career. There are options for you. Okay, that's all I'm saying. So yes, if student loans it doesn't matter if they're if they're derogatory, they fall in that same consumer law. If they're not derogatory, I definitely highly advise people look at a loan forgiveness program. Um, because look, if you're not making the money, why should they have it? That's all I'm gonna say. Thanks. Thanks. You see, Larry Frank. Come Thanks, on, Frank. come on. Thanks. Well, tell me this, Miss Curtin. How does bad credit really affect people? Ooh. Okay, so let me give you an example. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna take our time on this one because a lot of it, like I said, my thing is I tell people, when, you miss, when you're misinformed, you misinform others, all right? Culturally, we have been misinformed for a long time. We're going way past Big Mama, all right? We're talking about... Uh, putting your money underneath the mattress. We're talking about carrying your money in a Ziploc bag in your pocket back in the day, all right? <laughs> so here's the thing. Bad credit affects us for so many different reasons, but I'm like, before, I go, I'm like, before I go there, I'm having to, you know, we have to paint the scene really quick. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't know about your household, but, you know, in Oakland, California, in, in all the households that was around me, we were told, don't get a credit card. We were told, you know, pay for, pay for anything you want with, with cash. If you don't have the cash for it, you can't afford it. That is a mindset of a poverty-stricken individual, okay? The rich don't think like that. Let me just tell y'all that real quick. So what happens is we have that mindset, and we go our 20s, our 30s, our 40s, and here, now, now we might be married, got a family, we're going to try to get a house. And they look at us like, you can't get approved. You think, well, I ain't got no bad credit. Why well, can't get approved? You never establish no credit. So what do we have to be able to judge your repayment methods back? All right, you guys. So that hurts just as bad as when you say, well, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and try to get this credit card real quick and, and, you know, leverage myself. You halfway there. You know, the mindset is, is a lot more progressive than what most of us had in my neighborhood, at least. So those who say, you know what? I'm going to get a credit card. I'm going to try my luck at credit. 
but we're never taught how to use a credit card. All right. So we have that mindset of, of that homeboy hookup. <laughs> Right. What we just talked about. Right? <laughs> I, I'm gonna charge this up on on you know this fit right here. These shoes that just came out. You know I'm gonna go splurge this on my girl real quick. You know what I'm saying pull out that credit card. Sure, baby, I got it. Right. And then I can't afford to pay that bad boy back when the billing cycle hit. So what did you just do? You just painted a picture of living beyond your means. All right, you guys. My grandmother she used to say, "Having you got caviar taste with tuna fish money." What that mean? Look, your eyes is way bigger than what your pockets is way down with, all right? So all I told the the creditors or the lenders is, you know how to spend, but you have no responsibility or integrity to pay anything back. So that now created a negative impact on your score. So for those who say, well, you know what? Well, I'm going to pay it back. I'm just not going to pay it back when it's due. That lets us know that you, you robbing Peter to pay Paul. Okay, you live in paycheck to paycheck because what that really meant was you didn't have it when you made the purchase. You didn't have it 30 days later either. So really, you trying to figure out how I can borrow money from somebody else to pay that money back. Mm-hmm. All right. So, again, these are this is the story and the picture is painted about you and you don't even know it. So now what you've established is a history of bad financial patterns. Which it states that I don't know how to control money. I don't understand money. And above all, my relationship with money is 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 salty. You know, it, it just completely is because I don't have the integrity to pay back people I owe. Now, let me ask you something. If you allow your best friend, your ride or die, you know, who I got paid back, would you allow them to borrow $200 from you? I'm going to pay you back next Friday, folks. I got you. Next Friday come, man, what happened was, uh, I ain't got it right now, but hey, check it. Can I borrow $100 more? I'm going to promise you I'm going to hit you back with 300 when I get paid. Are you going to be foolish enough to already be in, he's indebted to you by $100 to give him another loan? If we don't do that with our fam, we don't do that with our family, why do you think these financial institutes are willing to take a chance on you? But here's the thing. We're more forgiving as individuals. They don't have to be. And so what they now see is, you know what? Not only did you not pay that back, we're going to put a permanent dent on your credit by dropping your score. All right. Best app, best app credit. Okay. You're going to read some of those questions. I'm supposed to be answering as I'm going. Hey, uh, Tremaine Daniels. I think you want to probably react to that. What are you saying? The best (laughs) app credit I have? I, I'm kind of confused with that home, but <laughs> just just put it back up and I'm gonna uh, read it again. Shout out to Josh Ayers, man. They cracking jokes about my Miami Hurricanes, man. Hey, I wish she, hey Josh, I wish she was. <laughs> we do some of these numbers to get Manny Diaz ass from out of here. Let me stop, man. Josh, ain't talking about Miami. <laughs> Go ahead, Emily. Keep going. We got, we got some of the some of the regulars up in here, man. But so. <laughs> They still borrow money. That's why. Yeah, yeah. They trade money. That's it. They recycle. They didn't have no new dollars. They recycling money. Right. Keep going, Ebony. We listen. Keep going. But so you know, um, that's what that's the concept is. Bad credit, all more so than those three numbers, it's painting a picture of you. All right, you guys? And so they don't need to know no more. You know, to be honest with you, what we call a sweet spot is a credit score between about 680 and 740. You know, that's a sweet spot because it says, you know what? You you might not be where you need to be, 
but you're at least paying back something. You know, you're at least paying your bills. All right. You might not always pay them back on time, but you're paying them back. All right. right. Anything under that says they 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 they're not the one. <laughs> you know, they're not gonna pay nothing back. Go ahead. Okay, I got Tremaine Dangus by can you say which credit app are the best to have? Okay, now it depends on if you're talking about to see your credit score, to build your credit, to monitor your credit. What specifically are you talking about? And as you kind of address that, I'm going to tell y'all, I get all the time, my credit karma score says. You got to call it. Hold on real quick. I'm finna credit bring karma here. is about as dependable as asking your model what her credit score is. Go Hold ahead. On. You got to call it. It's Utah. Call the State your name and where you calling from. It's Benny Barrett, ATL, Georgia, man. Atlanta in the house. You, 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 you're, 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 you're on with Miss Ebony Creton, man. Credit excellence, CEO. Yeah, you have a hey, question for Miss Ebony. I do. I, I, I dropped it down in the chat, but somehow Jermaine Daniels got me overlooked. But uh, I was asking about what does it benefit to do the uh, pre-approved credit cards and uh, secure credit cards? Oh, I love that. I love that. I see another one, secure cards. Yeah, he asked the same thing. All right, perfect. So um, the pre-approval, let's start there. A pre-approval just means that they pretty much did a soft inquiry on you and to take a look at your, your previous behaviors or patterns. And so that soft inquiry is going to be, you know, what your credit score is usually about, you know, for a, a secure credit card, typically your credit score don't matter. For an unsecured credit card, you know, your credit score, we're talking about about 560, 580 and up. All right. So that soft pull that says, you know what, based off of where you are right now, it's showing that you have some form of, you know, um, normalcy in paying the debt that you currently have open in a healthy, in a healthy manner. So that means that we are willing to take a shot on you with our particular financial institute. Now, here's the thing. So that's the pre-approval. So the pre-approval is that soft inquiry. You would have to then still fill out the application for them to take a look at your specific information. Okay. Looking at your specific information now is going to say a little bit more in details. Um, how are you paying your bills back? How are you maintaining high balances, if any? Have you had any credit cards previously in the past? You know, how many times are you jumping every time somebody gives you a piece of bait of saying, hey, you're pre-qualified? How many inquiries do you have for your credit report? Just y'all, any more than about two or three pages of picture of desperation, okay? So they're now looking at that. Based off of that information, they're now going to say how much you're eligible for for an unsecured credit card and what the interest rate is going to be for that. Now, keep in mind, a lot of people feel that interest rate is just a flat number depending on the credit card. Your interest rate is still tied to your actual credit score. All right. So me and you can apply for the same unsecured credit card, but I get approved by the interest rate of points of 6.99. Your interest rate might be 18.99. So what does that mean? That for whatever reason, I can't pay my balance at the end of the billing cycle. The interest that they're going to charge me is going to be nominal to what you're going to have to pay the following month. All right. So they're still looking at that. Now, a secure credit card is just your money. So, you know, typically they're going to have a fixed 
interest rate anyway. It doesn't even matter. It's going to be a fixed interest rate. The approval on most cases, they're not going to ask for a credit score. Uh, if they do, your credit score just needs to at least be at minimum uh, 400 in the majority of the time. And then they're going to look at, you know, how much you're going to put on there. So they have minimums that you can actually put on a secure credit card as well as a maximum. So maximum is usually about $3,000. Um, minimum is usually about two hundred. And so now that's going to be used to build your credit. So when we're talking about secure credit card, you should never have a balance you're really carrying over because now the message with this is I'm trying to establish a payment method or history that you're watching for. Unsecured means I've already established that. You guys already know. I'm just maintaining it. All right. Um, so that's kind of the difference. I would say both are great to have because when we're talking about a good credit mix, you want to be able to have a combination of those are considered installment loans. You want to have a combination of um, I'm sorry, revolving loans. You want to have a, a, a mixture of secured and unsecured because they kind of pay a different picture. Likewise, unsecured, you have those opportunities six months um, 12 months down the line of showing good payment history, repayment of what you're borrowing. So they'll automatically say, you know what, you're eligible for a credit limit increase. That's awesome. One, because now if you say, for instance, you're spending $200 or $300 on your credit card and maybe your credit card was you know, only $1,000, you're staying underneath that 30% threshold of your balance. But now if you get that increase another $500, you're now going to be closer to about a 15% usage on your actual balance that allows you to spend a little bit more without it hurting your credit report, but actually helping to increase your score, you guys. And so Unsecure is awesome for that. As a tier, they're not going to message you. You're going to have to actually ask them, hey, can I put more on my actual credit limit? So those are not how those work. Um, going back to Jermaine's question, yeah, my FICO is awesome. Um, it's an awesome tool just because it's actually going to pick your actual FICO score. Um, my FICO, um, I believe they're still on a FICO 8 system. So the new FICO 10 was launched June of last year. Just puts a lot more stipulation on the amount owed um, and your, your payment history, making sure that you don't have late payments. So I believe they're still on a FICO 8 system. Um, the annual report.com is especially awesome during the pandemic because they allowed you to be able to pull your credit report for all three credit bureaus every week. And it's no penalty. Back in the day, you only be able to get that one pool a year. So now you can do that weekly. That's going to allow you to be able to see your consumer report as well as everything that's on your actual credit report. So those are good ones as well. Um, Experian is awesome because it's going to allow you to be able to see your actual FICO score and that's your Vantage score, you guys. Just a, common, a little bit of a difference. Advantage score grading system is a little bit more lenient than your FICO score. If you're talking about trying to get a car, trying to buy a house, um, trying to be able to get um, a personal loan or something of that nature, nine times in a 10, they're looking at your FICO score, not your Vantage score. Vantage score is okay if you're trying to get like a credit card or something of that nature, your car insurance or something like that. So Experian will give you your actual score and they also give you the opportunity if you want to be able to purchase to be able to see the score for Equifax and TransUnion. So that's another um, really great app to have. And you get the alerts, you know, so um, those are also a benefit because as soon as anything hits, you'll be able to have the option to address it without any delay. Okay, awesome. And do you recommend, do you recommend or how beneficial it is to have automatic payment to come out? Because the show coming out is being paid on time or before time or sometime in post late. So here's the thing. So now we're talking about secure credit cards, and I love this because I use 
Um, I use credit cards as one of the fastest way to increase your score. Like literally it increases it every seven signal billing cycle. So that's every 30 days you have an opportunity for your score to increase. I mean, pretty significantly if you know how to use it. So I'm kind of go over that, you know, some tips with you guys for that. But um, automatic bill pay makes it easier because it allows you to make sure that one, you're not going to miss a payment. Um, two, it allows you to set up multiple payments. So you guys, when we're talking about a secure credit card, unsecured credit card, it's going to be four more ways or four more things to make reported that's going to be able to help build your score. So the first one is utilization. You know, you have a lot of people who have cards and like, man, I don't even use that no more. So I'm going to close it. Wrong. Your score just dropped. All right. You lost that, that length of history. But also you want to make sure that you, I'm not saying that you have to use it up every single month. Yes, you can make extra payments. So I'm going to touch on that here in a second, too. Um, I'm not saying, say, for instance, you know, people got this fingerhood card because it's supposed to help. People got chime cards. You know, the jewelry card was a huge thing a couple years back. People buying jewelry they didn't need, giving it to their kids and stuff. But here's the thing. Those type of cards can help. But if you're really looking to build your score, that's now forcing you to have to make purchases that, you, that wasn't your budget to make. All right. So now we're talking about a card that's being used to be able to help your score. We're talking about rapid rewards type cards, uh, a, a card that's going to give you some type of a cash back incentive, because now that's going to directly benefit you two ways. One, so you have the utilization, which on average, when you have about 10 to 30 percent utilization captured every single billing cycle. All right. Billing cycle is that 28 to 30 day cycle of reporting for that card. So what's that going to do? That allows them now to be able to judge, okay, this person can use it. All right. The second thing is going to be making your payments. All right. So you want to be able to make multiple payments in the billing cycle because it shows that you understand how to leverage your credit, which just means that I use my credit as a means to make a purchase today. I have the means to pay for it tomorrow. Okay, so it allows you to be able to make larger purchases now that you intend and they are in position to pay back immediately. So really quick kind of a, you know, a spinoff on that. We have what's called a 15 and 5 repayment plan. The 15 and 5 repayment plan now allows you to make that same monthly payment that you were going to make. But instead of your score increasing maybe three to five points, we're now talking about increasing between about eight to 20 points. So what does that look like? To give you an example, if you have a credit card that has a thousand dollar credit limit, again, we have that between 10 to 30 percent utilization. So say, for instance, I'm going to pay me and my whole household cell phone bill. That's three hundred dollars. OK, that gives me a 30 percent utilization. So I've already knocked down the first thing that's going to report positive for me. All right. I have seven hundred dollars still on my on my credit card to use. So I'm not overspending. I'm now going to say if my billing cycle end date is on the 20th. I'm going to break that $300 up in two payments. My first payment is going to be 15 days before it's due. So that's going to be on the 5th. And then I'm going to make another payment of $150 on the, on the 15th. All right. So that's going to be five days before my billing cycle end date. And then again, um, 15 days. So what does that do now? Instead of it looking like I made two partial payments, it's going to be captured as though I made two $300 payments in that same billing cycle. All right, you guys, it doesn't matter on the amount. The same concept applies of showing that you made two full payments versus two partial payments. To give you an example, if a person pay, um, say if I'm going to pay my credit card off, 
it's better for you to break that up over uh, either two billing cycles or multiple payments within the same billing cycle so that you're able to still utilize and take advantage of that same 15.5 concept. If I paid outright my credit card today at one lump sum payment, my score would increase. But if I broke it up, I would be able to double and a lot of times triple the point value that's being reflected for that same payment. Again, you guys use me more efficient and more in control over why we're doing what we're doing. All right. And so um, the next thing is going to be so you have utilization. You have that you made multiple payments. It's going to be that your balance is paid off. Now, it's good to leave a little bit on there. You don't want to leave more than 7 to 10 percent of your balance still due. And that's just to show that you are using it. But I'm going to tell you, if you are trying to build your credit score and you're able to pay that balance off in full, Pay it off in full, all right? You will definitely get a more increase in your um, score, but also it's going to allow you, you guys, to be able to have that wiggle room again for that billing cycle, all right? And so those are going to be the ways that you're going to use that every single month to be able to increase your score. Devin, I missed that question. Oh, no, I was waiting on you to get finished. I was going to put it back up. This is from Josh Ayers. Miss Ebony, what is the percentage of the credit limit people should keep it under so it doesn't cause a drop? in credit score is it 30%. So, you know, the 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 concept that's out there is to keep your balance under 30%. But I'm going to be just 100% with you. You can given you know how to handle a budget, you can max your card out. To be honest with you, you can completely max your card out if you're going to be able to pay it back in full before your billing end cycle. And I'm going to point that I missed on the other question as far as it being not captured late. So say, for instance, if I max out my thousand dollars, you guys, and I know that I'm going to make a payment on the 5th, I'm going to make another payment on the 15th, and my billing cycle ends on the 20th. All right. I might put that up at 500 to 500, but I'm going to set it up with my bank to automatically have that amount come off and pay it on the 5th and to pay it on the 15th. So I already know my balance is going to be taken care of. Now, here's the thing. You need to know how long it takes for your particular financial institute to get that money to that credit card. All right. Some cases people do the same day. Some of it is the, you know, uh, the next day. In other cases, it might take three to five days. So, and, and, you know, contact your financial institute so you know, so you don't get caught up. And, you know, I might need to adjust my 15 and 5 auto bill pay setup based off of how my credit card would actually receive that payment. But also keep that in mind that, you guys, it takes about five to six days after your billing cycle ends to get reported to the credit bureau. So a lot of people make this mistake. They say, you know what? My billing cycle ended on the 20th. My balance was paid to zero. On the 23rd, I went and charged that bad boy up. Why did my score drop? Because you did not allow enough time for the credit reports to receive the information from your, you know, your credit card that that payment was paid in full. All right. So also keeping in mind, of, you know, you can call your credit card and say, hey, you know, what day do you guys report to the credit bureaus um, of that payment? And then make a note for yourself. If your last, just give an example, keep this in my same example of your billing cycle end date was on the 20th. If I know that on the 20th, it's not going to get reported to the credit bureaus until the 25th from my last payment I made on the 15th through the 25th is my blackout zone. All right, you guys, that means I don't use that card. Okay. So when we're talking about how much can you use on that card, you again can charge up your, your, charge up your credit limit 
making sure that that balance is paid off in full five days before that billing cycle end date. And then you don't touch it for 10 days. All right. Because what's going to look at is did your balance decrease from the previous billing cycle? And so for people who say, you know what, Ebony, man, look, I happened out to get new tires on my car. It was unexpected, but I can't pay that back right now. Okay, go log into your bank, your credit card account, pull up your banks or pull up your statement from the last billing cycle. If the last billing cycle, your balance ended at 500 and you know that you just bought those tires and your balance is at 800. All you really need to do is make enough payment to get it underneath that 500 that it was in the last billing cycle because your points will still increase because it shows that your balance decreased from the previous billing cycle. All right. So that's another way that you guys will get a positive result on those payments is did your balance decrease from billing cycle to billing cycle if it wasn't paid off in full? Now, on the flip side, if your balance increased from the previous billing cycle, that's considered now a late payment. So it doesn't matter if you say, well, Ebony, I made my minimum payment on the billing cycle index. You still had a balance and the balance reflected that you used more of it than you did the previous month. So you're now living beyond your means. So a late payment can account for anywhere but the 60 to 100 point hit, you guys. And so I don't know how many of you can afford that, but that can be difference of you knocking on 800 door and you borrowing from the 600 window. OK, so if that happens. A lot of us fail to realize that we can make a phone call to the credit company. We can make a phone call to our cell phones. A lot of times, even to you know our car note saying, "I need to change my due date." <laughs> you know, you know things happen. You know, it's not convenient. I want to make sure that my bills get paid on time. I don't want to be late with you guys. I want to maintain a good rapport. I know that I usually pay it on the twentieth. Is there any way that I can push it back to the thirtieth going forward? Now, they may only allow you to do that two to three times in a year. But guess what? If you need to do that, it's better for you to call them and move that due date back than to not make that payment on time and get that 60 to 100 point hit. Not to mention late payments um, account for your, your highest amount of your credit score calculation. So a lot of times if you're looking to try to get a mortgage, if you're trying to get a, a personal loan, if you're trying to get a car and you have any late payments captured in the last two years, it's an automatic decline if your credit score is under 680. So keep that in mind, too. All right, you guys. So pick up the phone. You are the consumer. They want your business. Okay. So let's make it easier for them to maintain it. Josh is. I got a 10K limit on my one card. I'll max it out to pitch in for the many. <laughs> Josh, we ain't talking about. You ain't going to make that bet. Don't do that. It's a... <laughs> Josh, we hate our coach, Evan. Josh. Yeah. Yeah. I want Fight. You ain't gonna make that back. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> okay, I got a, I got another question for you. Okay, what does it take to have great credit? And you know, what does that really mean? What does that really mean to have great credit? To ha it's really not as hard as we make it seem, to be honest with you guys. And so when we're talking about credit score, there's only five factors that make up your credit score. So the first one, like I was saying, is, um, you know, your, your ability to pay your bills on time. So payment history accounts for 35% of the way your credit score is calculated. And that just says, are you paying your bills and are you paying them on time? And do you do that every month? All right. And so that's pretty simple, especially when we're talking about what's in our, in our budget to pay. You know, if it's not in your budget, you need to cut it out or you need to make some more money. Plain and simple. OK, the next one is going to be amount old. And so do, are you carrying high balances month to month to month? 
you know, and, and that's not just for credit cards, you guys. A lot of people jumped on this bandwagon of this Mortgage Cures Act and say, you know what, I can pay my mortgage, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and now, you know, they got a, a year, 18 months with the payments tacked on the backside of their loan. And guess what? The interest still accrued in a lot of cases. And so now it showed that not only did that, you know, those, those, those months of not paying get attached to the end of your loan, but your actual, um, Balances increase because of the interest. All right, y'all. So be just being smart. How much do you really owe? All right. And is every single opportunity, meaning monthly, is that amount decreasing or is it increase? All right. So just making sure that we're knocking that debt down. We if we borrow it, pay it. You know, my big mom used to say, Hey, if you use the last of it, you need to replace it. If you use the last of your credit limit, replace it. <laughs> simple, simply put. And then we want to talk about, you know, um, what is what? How many inquiries you have? You know, fifteen percent is going to be based off of are you showing that you're desperate? You know, are you having fourteen, sixteen, twenty inquiries? Like I had a customer, they had twenty plus inquiries in a year. I'm like, what? what you you can't get approved. Like, what are we doing? You know, if you gotta pray, man, Lord, change them numbers a little quick so I can get this car. You don't need to get the car. That's just plain flat out. Let's just be one hundred. You know. Um, and so, you know, a lot of us in those cases, we go to a car dealership. If you it, really quick, if you had a car dealership longer than an hour, your credit says you couldn't be there. So if you look at your watch and it's been 68 minutes, say, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and come back. <laughs> I, I'm not where I thought I was. Because what happens is y'all, y'all fill out that information. The salesman job is to have you leave with a car. All right, period. Right. You came in there, you they hooked and baited you. They're gonna keep you there for 10 hours trying to find somebody who's willing to take a shot. They're looking for that hook that, that homeboy hookup. All right, they making phone calls. Hey man, look, I know y'all got a little lean on the finance guy. You take a shot. All right, you guys, because when you give them that information, they can run 15, 16, 17 different loan processors trying to find somebody who's willing to approve you. Even if that means your interest rate was 29.99 and you end up paying for a Hummer when you walk out of there with a Hyundai, all right? Their job is to get you in the car. But what did that do? You have multiple inquiries from one day. Now, what happens if you don't walk out there with the car? A lot of us go the next Saturday and do it all over again, okay? So what does that say? You can't get it. And now you won't be able to get anything because you showed you was desperate. So now you're just a denial for everything. You can't get nothing. You can't, you can't get nothing, <laughs> you know? So looking at those inquiries, then, you know, the next two are both weighted at 10%. So it's going to be talking about, you know, what type of accounts do you have? You know, that's that mixture of installment and revolving accounts. All right. So an installment is going to be a loan. That's a mortgage, your car, you know, a personal loan, something that has an end date that you're making payments on to, to pay off. Revolving is going to be those credit cards, you know? So they're looking to see, do you have 15 credit cards? But you don't own nothing, all right? <laughs> so keep that in mind is, is it diverse? You know, do you have a couple credit cards? You might have a paid off car, you know, you might have a timeshare, something like that. Student loans, you know, that also helps as well as an installment loan. So do you have that mixture, all right, you guys? And so it's looking at these factors that make up our score and just maintaining them. To be honest with you, we just want to be able to maintain these factors in a matter every single month that's showing a picture of, I got this. You know, I got it. I understand it. I got a handle on it. And I'm doing this in, in every possible way. Does that make sense? Yes, yes because that was going to be one of my next questions was, uh, 
what are the creditors actually looking for when they're looking at your credit report? So you kind of. So it kind of more specifically, so it's going to be really dependent on who the lender is and what you're applying for. Okay. So what do I mean by that? Um, if you're trying to just give you an example, if you're trying to get an apartment, they're not really worried about if you got back child support. All right. Um, so it's going to really depend on what you're trying to apply for. But overall, it's going to be what does your credit profile say about you? Are you are you responsible? Like I said, I'm a big person on integrity. And why do I say that? Because as I'm sitting across from people day in and day out, you'd be surprised how many people are only $500 shy of a bankruptcy. $500 shy of filing bankruptcy, you guys. And, you know, for me, that's mind boggling because I'm thinking... As an adult, you know, we're supposed to have an emergency account, a savings account, something, you know, a rainy day fund, something. You know, I think about, man, until I got in this business, I was spending about three or $400 on Amazon Prime a month. So I'm thinking, man, just on that bill. Not to cut you off, everybody. I got a call. Now mm -hmm. somebody want to talk to you. It's Utah caller. State your name and where you're calling from. Small day, Ravens Fall, Florida. Jamal Davis, Avon Paul, Florida. You on with Miss Ebony Creton. From hey, credit. Jamal. Ebony, I have a question about credit repair. Um, what does it take to repair your credit? And the second question I would ask, I'm one, is is it can the lender sell your credit? Is that legal? Okay, so what does it take to repair your credit? And then I think you said, is, can the lender sell you credit? Sell your credit to another creditor. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So great question. Great question. So um, my company is Your Credit Excellence. And our credit restoration process is going to be, one, doing a pull on your credit report. Um, we do a 15-year pull because we want to make sure that we're getting everything that fell dormant, you know, that was supposed to come off in seven years that didn't. Um, and going through what on your credit report is erroneous, you know, what is defaulted on. And then we're disputing to get those removed per that 1971 Fair Consumer Act law. So that's just called cleaning up your credit report. You know, how many inquiries do you have on there that were not in the last two years? Okay, we can get rid of those. And so a lot of that is going to be just really cleaning up your credit report. So removing the negative items, removing old accounts. You know, we don't need things that you opened up 15 years ago that you no longer have, old addresses and all those things. So it's really going to be cleaning that up. And then also we have to work on building your credit. You know, we have a lot of people who say, well, you know, Ebony, my credit is not really bad. I don't have nothing on it. But you don't have anything building your credit either. And so that credit building component is going to take a look at if you want to get a credit score between about 680 and 740, you're going to really have to have about three to six positive lines of credit reporting to the credit bureaus. All right. And that's not closed accounts. Those are open accounts. And that goes to that diversified account. If you're trying to get to that 800, 850 credit score, you're going to end up having close to about eight to 10 positive lines of credit reporting to the credit bureaus on your behalf. So this will take a look at what do you currently have that's reporting positively for you? And then do we need to add something? Do we need to make up a mixture for that for you? So that's going to be that credit building component. 
And then making sure that you're protected. So we're talking about, you know, your credit monitoring, your identity monitoring, making sure that, you know, you don't have anybody. The dark web right now, y'all, because of the pandemic is ridiculous. You know, stats show that every two seconds someone is a victim of identity. I got a business partner who somebody had a house in her name and her three-year-old name, y'all. So it's crazy right now. Um, so making sure that you are protected in that regard and not just where, you know, someone says, like experience, we're going to monitor you and let you know when we see something. Then what? All right. So we also going to have women of coverage if you do become a victim of anything of that nature. But then also talking about budgeting, because typically for your credit to be bad shows that your relationship with money is not up to par. So we're going to take a look at a true budget. You know, what are your actual monthly true expenditures? Y'all told y'all I was spending Amazon money like it was nobody's business. OK. <laughs> and, and what are you bringing in? All right. If there's a surplus. That surplus should be going to one of two areas, either to pay down your debt or to an actual goal that you have, whether it is to buy a house, start a business, get a new car, upgrade yourself. All right. Making sure that money is allocated accordingly. If there's a deficit, then we're taking a look at what do you need to remove out of your expenditures or, hey, you need to make more money. We need to have that conversation. So that's going to be that process. All right. And then, you know, kind of just wrapping that all up, then we get you set up with a will and trust. Because it don't make no sense to do all this stuff, you guys, to be able to get you in possession to have assets, and then you're not protecting yourself, okay? So we go ahead and take care of that for you, too. So that's the credit restoration process with my company. I can't speak for everybody else, but with my company. Um, the main difference, there are a lot of companies out there um, that I'm going to leave nameless, <laughs> but <laughs> I have a big clientele from theirs that you know will charge you an arm and a leg, and all they have is prepaid legal sending you letters. Now, I'm a little bit more aggressive with that because I, I, I study the law, y'all. So I, I, I know how to be able to hold them to this got to go now. OK, and that's even if there's harassment calls. And so, you know, I address and walk you through that whole entire process. And then the second part, can lenders sell? So, yeah, and when we see that all the time, especially if, say, for instance, um, you were with I'm just giving an example, drive time. I think drive time used to be ugly duckling back in the day. The original sell you a lemon car. All right. So in a situation like that, say, for instance, you got your original car was from ugly duckling. Ugly duckling got bought out because it was just straight up fraud. They had a lot of lawsuits and drive time purchased them. Now your account was then sold to drive time. We also can see this potentially, say, for instance, if you had a mortgage loan and for the reason, you know, they decided to be able to sell a portion of their lender accounts to a different lender, then absolutely you can see that. And so they do have to notify you in writing of that change, um, but they are not held by law to honor the same uh, terms as you had in the previous contract. So you may see a difference in your interest rate. Um, the only thing they're held liable to maintain is the length that term was for. So absolutely, a lender can sell your account to someone else. You know, Jamal? And what's the difference between business credit and personal credit? Ooh, that's good. So one, they kind of mirror each other. But as far as what you have to do to establish it. So now a business line of credit is going to be attached to your EIN number and not your social security number. But before I go into that, a lot of people have this, you know, misconceived, again, misinformed information that I can just go out and just start me a business line of credit. You can, 
But if you want to have pure business line of credit, then that means that you have to have a credit score in most cases, 680 in a lot of cases now, just because they're trying to, you know, um, really control who's getting approved for this. They would have a credit score of 740 or higher, but uh, typically a minimum credit score of 680 personal credit. And then you have to be able to have two years of you being in that business. Okay, that's to be able to apply for flat out business line of credit. Now, a business line of credit is going to have to have, um, again, two years in business minimum. And then you want to be able to establish that early. So a lot of people to be able to establish a business line of credit, they do is consider um, a trade line. And so you can go to a bank and apply for for uh, a trade line. Um, which is pretty much just cash, to be honest with you. It's, it's not a, a borrowing of a loan. You can go and say, for instance, I need to you know, spend $10,000 on you know, my studio equipment. You can go into your bank and say, I need 10,000 cash. And they give you cash. All right. Now, there is an interest rate, of course, according to that. That's how they make their money. OK, but it does allow you to be able to leverage yourself if you need to make a purchase today and you don't have the actual credit to be able to do so. That now allows you to be able to have the cash. And so it's going to be the same concept is, OK, how are you then paying that back? Now, the good thing with that line of credit is not going to require you like a credit card would to pay that full amount back at the end of a billing cycle, per se. But they're looking over a period of time, have you borrowed more than you actually have paid back? So they're looking at, again, your patterns for repayment. But it allows you to be able to have, you know, that wiggle room if you need to be able to have some actual cash on hand while that's busy building your business line of credit. So, you know, in a lot of cases, you are able to apply for a business line of credit and it doesn't have to be in your business. You have to be in your business for two years. Now, for just a straight line of credit or like a credit card, they're going to want to see that your business has been running for a minimum of two years. Did that answer your question, Jamal? Yes, ma'am. All right. Awesome. Thanks for the information. You are welcome. Thank you, Jamal, man. We appreciate you, brother. All right. You have a good night. It's, 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 it's Utah, baby. She's dropping knowledge tonight, man. If you're just joining Utah, man, I got my girl on, Miss Ebony Katon from Credit Excellence. Ebony, tell everybody, man, where they can find you from, man, because I'm going to let you plug it right now, and when we get finished, tell everybody where they can find you at, Ebony. So you know what? You can go to Instagram, follow me on IG. It's going to be Your Credit Excellence. Um, Facebook, it's going to be Ebony Kirtan, um, K-I-R-T-O-N. You guys, um, on my actual website, you can go to two different websites. So either um, UC, UCES Protection Plan.com. That's going to be black slash E Spinks. Look, got to get rid of that name, y'all, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or um, my other website is going to be www.myuwe.net backslash eSpeaks. But if you guys, if you go to my IG, I mean, I'm dropping tips and nuggets all day. I'm pouring it on you guys. So definitely make sure that you go follow me, get some great information. And let's connect. Even if you say, you know what, Ebony, I got some questions. I was too embarrassed to ask on Devin's show. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get you set up. I do complimentary credit consultations, so it's no better time than today to get this right, y'all. Oh, that's what's up. But I ain't finished yet. Now I got a, another question. All right. Can credit cards ruin your credit? 
Yes. <laughs> Look, y'all probably did all this hype about credit cards. Y'all was expecting that to be the answer, huh? <laughs> so look, man, I remember in college, y'all, my first week on the campus, I would say probably like every five steps, there was somebody trying to say, you want a credit card? Dumb. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so man, look. Yeah, <laughs> like that's y'all bad <laughs> you know before I was 18 I probably had maybe like 5 or 6 credit cards y'all but here's the thing we didn't learn about credit in, in high school we didn't learn about credit I don't care if you was in, in the black community white community eight, didn't anybody teach you about credit y'all learn right. statistics yeah economics is on the for real straight up <laughs> right. so, you know I didn't realize that they meant they want their money back I'm thinking, man, y'all said, here you go. I think it's like a prepaid card. And so, man, I ran my credit to the ground. I want to say by the time, by the time I was 20, I think my credit score was like a five, a 420, y'all, a 420. And that's because I was living my best life. <laughs> So not knowing how to use a credit card, not knowing how to um, navigate through using it to build your credit absolutely can hurt your credit score. And I laugh because I think about, you know, how many people say they mom used to tell them that credit cards was the devil. <laughs> and it's because they had those same experiences. Nobody told them to pay that back. Nobody right. said that, you know, you want to pay that back in the same month you borrowed it in. Because a lot of people are like, well, what's the point of me borrowing it? If I got to pay you back in the same month, you know, a lot of us get a credit card and we say, well, I'm going to use this to go pay my, for my family's vacation. Wrong. You save up for that. Because that wasn't in your everyday budget. So when we use our credit cards for hasty transactions or for large transactions that we really don't have the money to pay that back in that same month, then we are already set ourselves up for failure. Because what's going to happen? Either you're going to have to borrow the money from somewhere else, you're going to have to get in that payday, vicious, deadly cycle, you know, of, of, of paying it, um, because now you're going to have your score dropping because you borrowed more than what you can pay back. But when you understand how to use credit cards truly as a mean to leverage yourself, I'm going to give you guys something. Um, Warren Buffett, I don't know how many of y'all heard of him, but this man is, is credit finance genius, all right? He said he does not pay. He doesn't even he doesn't use his debit card. You guys, his debit card. He said he might as well cut it up and not even use it because he, he uses credit card for everyday things. And so the concept is this. If, say, for instance, you have um, Navy Federal, because I love Navy Federal. Say you have a twenty five thousand dollar credit limit with Navy Federal and you pay your mortgage through it. You pay all your utilities through it. You pay your car note, your car insurance. Now what Navy Federal is going to do is say, I appreciate you using us first. So we're going to hook you up with cash back rewards for every time that you've used this. And so Navy Federal will send you back a, a, a check between five to $800 every single month just for you using them to pay your monthly expenditures. But here's the thing. You already have it in your budget to pay your mortgage, your utility right. bills, your gas, all of that. So they automatically will get their money back that same month. But here's the other thing. So not only did I get cash back from, you know, Navy Federal as a thank you, I just helped my score increase between eight to 20 points for every single utilization and payback method I did. 
So you can very easily shoot your score up between about 60 to 80 points a month. Imagine how long it's going to take you to get 850 if you did that. So Warren Buffett was on to something when he said, stop using your debit card when you get no benefit from it. You know, I don't know how many of y'all get cash back on your debit card, but I ain't never heard of that financial institute. So here's the thing. If I can use my credit card to do the same thing I'm using with my debit card, but now I get money back from me, that's called a win-win, y'all. You know, it, it, it don't take a genius to say that that's a win-win. So then why not do it? Not to mention, will you get the benefit from it, but also you utilizing it that way is going to increase your credit score. It's going to establish a great credit report. So now I can walk into any entity and they can see she borrows big, but man, her payback game is cold. So I can walk into a car dealership and pretty much they say, boo, what you want? We got you. And enough said. Matter of fact, look, I need y'all to add some perks to this. I need some 49ers glowing out of my doors, you know? There she goes. There she goes. There she goes. She just snuck it in there. (laughs) You knew I wasn't going to let us in before I did. Ah, damn. <laughs> I knew you were going to get in there. That's that preseason battle of the base saltiness. It's okay. We <laughs> <love> it. <laughs> but credit cards, you know, when not used correctly, absolutely are one of the fastest way to drop your score. But when used accurately is one of the fastest way to increase your score. So it depends on how you use it. So I got, a, I got another one. Charge offs. How does that affect? Your, your, your credit like when it's charged off like does it stay on for like a certain amount of time or how does that work so charge off is considered a derogatory account and so you know um it, but it's a double-edged sword because for something to be a charge off means typically you have quite a few of missed payments so we know that 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 is the highest score calculation in your credit score so you have a quite a few of those to get to the point of where you defaulted on the account and it was now sold and so not only do you have that late payments dropping your score and, and, you know, having to get removed, but then when they sold it to the collection company, you now have a secondary derogatory um, account on your credit report. So now that means that's two accounts that we're having to get rid of. All right. It's an easy fix. It's going to get disputed the same way. But the difference is the impact that it took on your credit score. All right. So the focus is going to be we got to get we have to do one or two things. Um, either dispute to get that account removed altogether, like, man, look, I don't, I don't even want this on here no more, um, or focused on being able to dispute to have them remove the late payment. Um, in some cases, people say, well, you know what, Ebony, I'm trying to get a house right now. You know, I don't really have the time to give it a couple of months for the restoration process. I'm going to just pay it. Fine, if that's what you need to do. But here's the thing. We don't never want to make an arrangement to pay something without having it right in the agreement. They're going to change that comment to pay it as agreed or to remove the account. All right. Otherwise, you just paid money and they happy about it. But you still have the derogatory account on your credit report. So you still gonna get the client. All right. So if if you have a charge off account and you want to come up with some form of a payment arrangement to settle that debt, you just want to have a letter that dictates or stipulates, I should say, that upon um, you know making the, the payment of the settlement um, dollar amount that you will have paid as agreed, replaced as instead of a charge off or a collection account, or you will have that account removed altogether. And make sure that you get a reply in writing before you make any payment. Because at the end of the day, you got to clean up your credit report. 
So does your company deal with that? Do you guys send the letters out for things yeah. like that? And my next question was like on a charge off, how long does it stay on though? Like, is it seven years and it falls off or does it continue to stay on after seven years? It's the same process. If you said, Ebony, I just pulled up my annual credit report. Man, I don't know where this came from. A charge off just hit today. Guess what? Let's write this letter today. Mm. Same day. As soon as it reports to the credit bureau, we're able to dispute to have it removed. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. That's the same thing with bankruptcies. So I got to tell people because you got a lot of folks who, you know, think this bankruptcy got in their credit report for 10 to 13 years. I was one of those. You know, I had I rebooted my bankruptcy from TransUnion in two months, you guys. And it was just freshly discharged. I only had been discharged for nine months. All right. Um, had I known to do it sooner, I would have did it sooner. It was removed off of Equifax and Experian in four months. So now if I said, you know, it took me four months to get that bankruptcy removed of all three credit bureaus versus staying on there for 10 to 13 years. Was those four months worth it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It still is considered a derogatory account once it's discharged. And so it falls underneath that same 1971 Fair Credit Act consumer law. Oh, OK. All right. Hey, man, listen, do anybody else got any questions for Miss Kirtan while she's on, man? She's been great tonight. Thank I you. love the information, man. She did a thing like I knew she would. <laughs> and this is a man, for you uh, coming on you talk, man. And we really appreciate it, man. And once again, before I let you get out of here, I want you to tell us again. Hold on. Somebody want to say something. Hey, man, Larry Frank, man, what's going on? Check your check out your flowers they're giving you. Thank you, Larry. I appreciate you, King. Most definitely. Thank you again for having me on this phenomenal show. Y'all have been awesome, man. This is just awesome. That's what's up, man. Thank you, Linda. That's my mother right there in the chat, man. Ah. Shout out to my mother, Linda English. What's going on? I love you, baby. What it do? What's going on? Ebony, tell them where they can find you at again, man. This has been great. Look, you guys, go on Instagram, Your Credit Excellence. You can go to Facebook, Your Credit Excellence, or Ebony Kurtan. Um, Again, that's Your Credit Excellence. And you can go to my website. That's going to be uh, myuwe.net backslash E Speaks. That's S-P-I-N-K-S. So that's myuwe.net backslash E Speaks. Or you'll be able to go to um, um, ucesprotectionplan.com backslash eSpinks. That's ucesprotectionplan.com backslash eSpinks. But go to Your Credit Excellence and you get all of that. Go follow me on IG and you'll get all that. Trust versus will. What's the best way? Um, Will and trust is really the same thing, to be honest with you. It's just a living testament. So uh, a will and trust is going to be a combination of, of um, your financial power of attorney, your medical power of attorney, um, and then the list of your assets and who you want to have authorization over where either your money goes, how you want it to be distributed, who's going to have access over where your assets go. You can list them specifically. You can list percentages. And then also, you know, so that's going to be your finances, even down to medical. You know, um, if you want your spouse to have so proprietary ship over you, or <laughs> you want to be able to list moms as a secondary option. But um, <laughs> things happen, y'all. <laughs> but so a uh, uh, will and trust 
is this going to be a combination of that same information? So it's going to be the detailings of your living testament, your wishes as it pertains to your assets, your, um, your finances, and your medical. And then, of course, if you have children. Hold on, let me see. Brother Blaze, what's up? See, I did both trust fund and a will. Also, a trust fund is a little different. So your trust fund is, is really going to be focusing on, on, on just the financial component and your, your assets. So um, and then again, you're able to list that itemized um, and you can even list it down to, you know, if you want specific assets to go to a specific person or um, people and at what point in time. So, yeah, I thought you meant uh, a will and trust. So a trust fund is to be specific to your assets and um, your finances. So whether you have, you know, a retirement accounts, you know, 401ks, if you have annuities, anything like that, you want to be able to outline, um, again, percentages, years and times of release, and your beneficiary and secondary on those particular um, specifics. That's what's up, y'all. Miss Katar, man. It's been great, and don't be a stranger, man. Utah family, let's give a round of applause, man. And don't be no stranger, man. You ain't your sorry 49ers now. <laughs> look, look, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna come back when um I'm gonna let a lot of hurt nobody's feelings. I'm gonna come back before the season is over. Oh, there they go, there they go, there they go, Blaze, go shoot your shot, Blaze. Thank you, sweetie. Thank you, thank you. Shoot your shot, Blaze. <laughs> That's my, the my dogs. <laughs> look, y'all gonna see me around. I appreciate it. It was so much love up in this building, y'all. I mean, I gotta come back. I gotta come back. Definitely, most definitely, man. We're gonna have you back too, man. Definitely, man. I enjoyed it, Ebony, man. Look, y'all, we're gonna be back on Friday, man. Again, man, Miss Curtin, thank you so much for coming yeah, on. Welcome. I enjoyed you, man. Friday night, y'all. We'll come back for the hype show, man. Our hurricane versus central Connecticut. Hopefully, we can we can get a win, y'all. You know, it's gonna be hard. Y'all know we're having a, a hard season, man. But again, man, we'll be here Friday night, eight o'clock. We're looking forward to seeing all of you guys, and y'all know how we start every show, and you know how we end every show. It don't change just because Sister Utah winning at the game of life. Ebony, this is how we throw it up at the end. It ain't no me. Throw it up, Ebony. You. Without you, baby. And we got. Thank you again, Miss Katan. We really appreciate you. You're welcome. Love y'all. Y'all have a good night. Everybody take care of themselves, man. Love y'all. You talk, man. We got. It's, 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 it's you talk, baby. It's you talk, baby.